It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The forever end. It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January 27th, and you are listening to episode 400. We finally made it to episode 400. And the big surprise for this episode is, that's it. That was that was the episode. Just Jason. It's a solo, solo episode. That's a secret. This episode has a solo mode. <laughs> this is going to be the longest episode you've ever heard, I bet. So, uh, and that'll be glad. You'll be glad when we're done. You'll be like, I'm so thankful for this long episode. All right. Yeah. So with me, uh, I've got two special guests for now, and then we'll have more special guests. It's going to be great. The first two special guests I have are Neil Roberts and Nate Darty. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm glad to be nominated. Oh, nice. Stole yep. his line. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> <sighs> so, well, all right, builders. So we've got something in store for you. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna like slow like slow play it or something. I'm just gonna talk about it. Okay. So uh, a group of us got together. A group of builders who've been around since the beginning of the show, and uh, all of us got together and we designed a game. We designed a game that is free to you. It is a uh, and write game, or random and write, as Neil like. I mean, as uh, Nate likes to say. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, it's called Beavers Be Damned, and we are <laughs> really excited about it. So what we're gonna do Dude. here? Uh, sorry, go ahead, guys. I was gonna say do, we should have looked back and saw what episodes the Beavers Be Damned and Beavers Be Damned revised or pitched, but it was quite a while ago. Suffice it to say, it was hundreds of episodes ago. Right. <laughs> it's weird to say that. It is. It is really weird to say that, <laughs> but it is true. Uh, it was years ago as well, many years ago. <laughs> Yeah, so Jason came up with this idea, and we all started chatting on a, a very large message group. Um, and I think that it's based on the there's a, a challenge, right? That 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 oh yeah, uh, roller right challenge that we're also trying to right. We're hit at the same time. We're going to try to get it into the Game Crafter roll and write challenge, right? Yes, yes. Yep. We had uh, we had talked about that, so. Um, yeah, we're going to see if we can make that work out. And, uh, yeah, but the game will also be published on P&P Arcade uh, as a free downloadable uh, print and play. And uh, we had some really fun artwork done for it. You can go to our website now, Building Game Podcast slash games, and you can see a preview of the game uh, that will be released on P&P Arcade very soon here. We're really excited about that. Um, but I do want to mention all the people who worked on the game. Uh, it's not just myself, Neil, and Nate. It is uh, myself, Neil, Nate, uh, Gray Dietrich, VC Young, and uh, Lenier Wexford. So we're very, very excited about all those people working on it. And it was uh, throughout this episode, I'm going to have one on one conversations with each of the co designers so that we can chat about exactly uh, what that uh, was like for them. So, but. First and foremost, I want these two guys who kind of took charge of the rules 
uh, to talk about how the game plays. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, it was a... Uh... <laughs> You know, at some point, somebody's got to sit down and start writing down the ideas into something concrete, and Neil and I sort of naturally fell into that. Um, so when we were talking about it, you know, somebody had the idea of the Game Crafter thing, Roll and Write, and Gray said, well, there's a lot of Roll and Writes out there. Why don't we do a Flip and Write with a deck of cards? You know, asking people to provide a standard deck of poker cards isn't... Um, too much i think so we kind of started looking into that idea oh yeah i mean uh like you said it was a a roll and write it kind of turned into a we're calling it like a worker placement trick taking and write game yeah um i mean people had like we had a ton of different ideas at first um i think we kind of settled on the idea of uh there being some sort of like map uh and originally it was uh we're kind of thinking that everyone was going to work together uh, to build this map, uh, and then as kind of as people as people developed a lot of different ideas, I kind of saw this um, thing emerging uh, in between all the different ideas. Like my favorite thing to do in game design is to to kind of read the room, I guess, uh, and look to see what um, what I see is as like something working that that merges a lot of different ideas together, uh, and I kind of. Uh, saw it as a uh, like an individual player board um and we developed the idea of uh, having like a moving river um and and using dams to divert the river uh and then from there it was kind of like well how how do we actually um, make this whole life cycle go uh, and i think that uh, nate is the one that kind of really developed the uh trick-taking uh ability set that we ended up uh, going with after that. Yeah, and my favorite, I have to give credit to Gray, though, that uh, flow chart he made, he watched some documentaries on beavers <laughs> and made a flow chart of, like, the beaver life cycle. <laughs> and that was really, like, looking at that, I, I kind of did the same thing. I grouped together these different tasks and, and similar things that beavers did that I thought we could recreate. Um, so, you know, obviously like building dams, but you also have to get, you know, vegetation and they dig canals and, uh, you know, and of course they maintain their lodge. So that kind of formed into four different actions you could do. And then we had to decide who could do what action when, and that's when the flipping of cards became more trick-taking, where you could play an mm -hmm. action to a card um, and if anybody out there is familiar with the game Loot, that was sort of the inspiration there, that at the beginning of your turn, any of the tricks that you're winning get resolved, uh, and you get to take that action if you're winning it. Uh, yep. uh, so, yeah, it's uh, building, which is dams and uh, other things that manipulate the current. Uh, canals, digging canals and creating mud. Lodge, which is actually our scoring in-game scoring conditions, because you're getting the river to flow to your lodge, and oh, resources, creating timber and vegetation that you can use to do these other actions. So yeah, that's the basic four things you're trying to, four tricks you're trying to win to take those actions. Right. And then from the, I guess one of the thing, one of the things we struggled with with was. Um, making it so that the river flow was um, intuitive. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the, the big struggle that we had where, like, 
the whole kind of the whole idea of it is that that you know you have this river that's flowing kind of downhill through a valley, uh, and and all the rules should work based on that. Uh, and uh, the way that it works, uh, the way that works now, I guess, like in the final version, uh, is that we have the river has a speed, uh, and if you just you know if you let it go at the default speed, it's going to kind of be a very boring river. It'll just flow down over the course of the game and, and you'll only be able to get some resources because uh, the only way that you, know, you get resources is by the river touching them. Um, or, so or being connected river, to them by canals. Yeah, by the canals. And in which case, then the canals require resources as well to build. So kind of the way that it, the way that it works now is if you want to get resources which score you points, uh, you have to speed up your river. I mean, that, that's kind of... Uh, um, the only way to really get it going. Um, right, but you also need but, to divert it a bit or else it will just speed up and yep. go right to your lodge. Almost, yeah. And I want to hit a lot of resources. Right. Yeah, so we have, we have this this idea of the river uh, having a speed to it. Um, uh, and basically, when it hits... Uh, it's all laid on in a hex grid, and when it hits uh, a dam, the dam diverts it uh, using some, some specific rules... And then if you actually want it to go horizontal, we have, uh, you know, rules that make it so that, that those actually have to be a little reinforced. Right. Um, so we try to get it as intuitive as, as possible in terms of it. It kind of just obeys uh, a small number of rules that I think make sense. But, you know, as we've been testing, we've had to, to tweak it more and more every single time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's that and then, and then it's connecting resources and it's making sure that you're... Um, building in such a way that your score conditions that you hopefully have been adding probably about one around um, uh, work well with, synergize with. So I guess to explain that part, everybody starts around with five cards um, and then you play out approximately five times you know, around, five turns each person um, and then, and you're building a- as you win tricks you do those things right away on your map and then after the end of everybody is gone, um, you start another whole round, deal out the cards again to five, five cards each person, etc. And you do five of those rounds, and then the game is over. If your river's not already at the bottom, it just flows to the bottom, you know, on the natural trail it would take. Um, and yeah, that's what's, that's what's worth mentioning, is that the river flows after you finish playing your cards right. to the tricks. Yeah. So you have, you have a... You have an opportunity to build, you know, hopefully take hopefully five actions each round. Uh, and then the river flows and it's going to, based on its speed, hit a bunch of different things and, and get you new resources and, and do a whole lot of fun stuff. You also have three times in the game where you can take an action even if you're not winning the trick. And we just use the face cards to represent those three times. But that way, even if you get dealt a really bad hand that you really can't yep. get to the action you need, you have three times a game you have a way to get that action anyway um yep. so you know you don't want you got to balance that luck and strategy of course um and then the lodge conditions the, the scoring conditions when you win in the lodge action you write down at the bottom is where your lodge is and you write down which scoring condition you want and that is really where we've created a bit of diversity in the game, a, diff- a lot mm-hmm. many different paths to victory. So it's not going to be the same thing every time. It's just, you know, everything from having um, the most, the, you know, the longest river to the fastest river to the most um, 
unused resource hexes or the longest dam, um, all sorts of different ones so that there are many paths to victory. And then wherever your river actually touches the lodge, those scoring conditions are doubled. Um, mm-hmm. So I was actually just doing the math on sort of the scoring range to make sure that they weren't too lopsided one way or the other just uh, just before we started this call. So. And that is something that we talked about uh, balancing as we get player feedback. Because it's a print and play, we can obviously just make changes. Uh, the other thing is... We had the. It's so diverse in the way you can win and the way you can score that we actually had to switch to give people a starting uh, lodge uh, assignment, basically a starting way that at random that they can score uh, to help them give a little direction. Because some people actually struggled with, gosh, there's so many choices. What do I go for? And this gives you just a little bit of direction to have an idea of what to go for, which has worked out well. Yeah, avoids analysis paralysis of just staring at this blank hex oh it is hexes i don't know if we said that you know this blank sheet of hexes and all, like 13 storing scoring conditions and just being a little overwhelmed <laughs> right um trying to think of what else i think we covered most of it i think that's um, i'd say kind of one of the things that i uh, as we were developing it one of the things that i had in mind is that um i wanted there to be a lot of um like in a good rolling right, I want there to be a lot of trade-offs, right? Where um, the way the game works is that you you can either speed up the like we have these two resources, we have timber with well, three resources technically, um, but the ones that are connected to the to the river um, are timber and uh, vegetation, and you can either use timber to build a dam or to speed up the river. So we have this this kind of interesting trade-off where uh, you want the river to go faster, but if you have the river go faster without building dams, then it's just going to go fl- flow straight toward the, the bottom of the board and not really get you any bonus points. So like, there's this trade-off of the same resource kind of does two different things um, that are uh, at odds with each other. And, um, yeah. and, the, and the timber and vegetation, you have to choose which one to build and there's a yeah. limited number of resource hexes so there's a trade-off there too yeah and then the scoring conditions can be based off of um, some ideas about vegetation and uh, like you need uh, you're not going to be able to get your river to hit every single resource space so you need some canals to get you resources that you couldn't connect just by hitting the river so you have you have like all of these different trade-offs uh, and then even with the scoring conditions we wanted to make it so like once you pick a scoring condition, you really, uh, or one or two, you really want to focus on those um, to maximize your points. Uh, and then those might be because you might have just had to pick one, right? Uh, if you're not exactly sure um, if it seems right. And then once you pick it, you're going to really focus on that the rest of the game. Or you might have naturally built your river in a certain way, and then you pick a scoring condition that fits that really well. Sure. So, like, a lot of the game is about uh, kind of this, this idea that when you make a decision, you're doing it as a trade-off uh, of, of another thing that you've decided to do as well. And that's been really interesting to kind of try to navigate. Uh, one thing we did forget to mention when I was talking about the trick-taking is each of the four actions also has an associated catch suit, um, what we used to call Trump suit. Uh, so... It does have that aspect to it. You know, you can play off suit 
you can lead off suit and then someone can play the two of whatever the catch suit is and still beat you. So, you know, a card may be valuable towards one action more than it is towards a different action. Yeah. Yes. So I think that I think that does a pretty good job of summing up the the game and uh, how it works. So we uh, one of the things we want to do is we want it out there. We want you to uh, be able to give us feedback on it, um, especially for those point scoring. So we will um, be taking that feedback and and trying to do some tweaking to the game. That's one of the beautiful things about it being a print and play. Um, yeah. So and then we we are planning to have a version up on Game Crafter that we will sell at cost. Uh, and uh, that version will have two options. I think Gray said one will be the full version that'll have the deck of cards even uh, that you could you could also purchase with it or just uh, basically the physical PMP version where you would still provide your own cards. So uh, we want to give people some options, make it as cheap as possible. Again, we're just going to sell everything at cost. We don't want to make any money and the download uh, is free. So yeah, it's kind of our... So, kind of our thank you to the builders for all these years of listening. Well, can I, I, I guess I would like to say that the deadline for the Game Crafter contest, I think, is mid-February, maybe the 17th, somewhere around there. So anyone who plays it, especially right away, please, please get us that feedback so we can make yes. any rule changes before that contest deadline because yep. it would be super cool if we could at least enter it, if not you know, win or place or whatever. Yes. Be so much fun. And if we able are able to enter it and get it in there, we'll let you all know so that hopefully you can run out there, give us some votes uh, to help us, you know, get to the finals. That'd be awesome. Yeah, one of the things we're really hoping for is uh, for people to send their like photos of their final boards. Yeah, that would be really helpful. Yep, that's also very helpful for us. That'll give us a give us a good idea of what's possible because some of the like some of the way that we're doing points right now we're kind of guessing about what people are capable of doing. And because there's so much like emergence in the game, it's hard to say like, Oh, well, we know that people are going to be able to do this weird thing or do this weird right. thing. So that'll be really interesting. Technically you could score X number of points on this, but would anybody actually ever reasonably be able to accomplish it? You know, I think the highest score yeah. we've seen so far has been just South of a hundred. Unless somebody, yeah. unless one of you have broken a hundred, I never managed. To, I think ninety-three was my best score. So, and that oh, was really, really like playing into that was that was. I think that's probably harder to do now. I feel like that was when the scoring was a little more broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, we would love that feedback. You know, we'd love your help on this. Uh, like I said, uh, you can well you can email any of that to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also um, check us out again at buildingthegamepodcast.com slash games. That's where you'll see the cool preview of that. Uh, and I may also just link the preview in the tweet. Um, so, yeah. Did you talk about the cover art yet? <laughs> yes, Gray and I talk about that. Okay, well, free copy for anybody who gets the joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Since they're all free copies. So yes, not? yes. Okay, cool, guys. Well, thanks. We'll hear uh, from both of you here in just a little bit again as we talk about all of this. Next up, we're going to talk to Gray uh, Dietrich about graphic design uh, and also let him talk about the, uh, the four questions I'm going to be asking all of you. So, all right. Thanks, guys. 
All right, well, next up here, uh, I have one of the other co-designers of Beavers Be Damned. I've got Mr. Gray Dietrich. Hey, Gray. Hey, Jason. How's it going? It's going very well. It's good to have you here on the show. Uh, we have uh, we have known each other for a very long time now. Some would say too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I think that uh, I feel like I may actually have met you. I'm sure I met you before I met Neil or Nate. So you are probably the one I met the earliest the from the whole friend group because of uh, because of Mark. So, yeah. Mm, okay. So interesting. I mean, I'm not going to say you started listening before Neil or Nate because I don't want to get in a fight with them. Uh, and they're very particular about saying they were the first listeners. So whether or not it's true. <laughs> I'll allow them to have that. That's fine. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty confident I met you in person before I met them. So uh, you can uh, you can hold that as uh, the thing, you know. I know meeting me in person was a big deal for everyone. So <laughs> I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal for anyone. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, great. You've been around for a long time. You um, you for for a while, you were the voiceover of the show at the beginning, the uh, intro voice. Back in the uh, day. yeah, for for a few months, uh, when at one of the uh, the Gen Con meetups, you had uh, everyone record the uh, the intros and the outros and the little bumpers and whatnot, and yeah, you apparently thought mine was the best because it because because objectively it was. So yeah, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that my voice was absolutely fried from talking so much during right. that convention so i but that that gave it like that that deeper that that deeper timber that uh just works good for an announcer i guess it does indeed it does well well hey uh, i've got these uh questions that i've been required by law to ask all of you by btg law of course uh it's kind of like international waters law Actually, there's no law in international water, so it's exactly like that. Yeah. Um, so the first question is, uh, what was it like uh, kind of working with the group on our uh, on our big Facebook Messenger game design jam? Well, I think it was the first project that I worked on with uh, any level of co-designers. Um, so that was a new experience for me. Um, at the beginning, when it first started... And we were doing a bunch of brainstorming as to what the game would be about. Uh, I threw some input in there, and then we finally decided on the, 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 the final theme and mechanisms. And then I was able to throw in some... Um, I did some research into the topic and threw in some, some videos and stuff into the chat to, to try and help us ground the game in some level of, you know, real world facts. Exactly. Um, uh, I was disappointed that, uh, after that, um, life got in the way and, um, you know, the holidays and whatnot came up. So I wasn't able to participate almost at all during about three weeks. Uh, but then I came back to the message group and I found like a fairly complete game there just waiting for me. Right. Um, so that was good. And that's, 
That's one of the benefits that you've mentioned before for co-designs that, um, you know, when one person, you know, either doesn't have the creative juices or doesn't have time, you know, another person can keep the project moving forward. And ideally it bounces back and forth between the people that keep it even. Yeah, no, and I think that was uh, that was really helpful in this time. I, to be fair, a lot of us kind of backed away during the holidays. It was just after the holidays, um, as they were ending, when Neil and Nate kind of stepped up and said, "We're going to hammer out the rules." Uh, because I think Neil was kind of going to do that on his own. And then Nate was like, let me help. And, and that works out well, because again, they were able to tag team back and forth. Um, you know, and they kind of went off and did that so that we could then start testing. And that was really helpful. I know you got some tests in, I got some tests in and uh, so did some others. And, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that was a lot of fun going back and forth. It was nice that um, I got like a little uh, look into the beginning, knowing what our goals for the project were, and then to step back and then come back to it again and, you know, help with the playtests and whatnot. You know, I had a grounding as to what the design goals were, but I also had a freshness that allowed me to kind of be a blind playtester for the rules document and for trying to teach it to other players. So I, I hope that was helpful. Very helpful. Very helpful. That is, you know, that's not something I've ever really thought about with co-design of, you know, the fresh set of eyes in that way. But no, that was a big deal, you know, for you to be able to come back and say, let me look at this, um, you know, and tackle it then. And there's another big thing you tackled then, which was you also uh, volunteered to do uh, all the graphic design for the game. Uh, You are the only one with with experience in graphic design. Uh, You've done quite a few (laughs) games of the Game Crafter, right? Uh, put a lot of uh, a few different things up there for your um, for your design projects, correct? Uh, I don't have anything up for sale, but I've been right, working right. with the uh, the Game Crafter site and Component Studio specifically. Um, their like card and component design online software. Uh, I've done a lot of work with that, um, making my own stuff, and um, I. I've always enjoyed making good-looking prototypes. You do have very um, nice-looking prototypes. Um, sometimes when I'm getting into like a little stumbling block or I don't know how to proceed with a certain design, um, I will take a step back from the, the, the mechanism design and I will go over to component design. I just keep, still keep my hands in the project but to be doing something different to give things a chance to uh, relax or whatnot. Um, that also gives me a good time to try and kind of meditate on the, the physicality of, you know, how things are being handled. You know, card layout matters depending on if stuff's on the table or if it's in your hand or if you're handing it from person to person, if you're buying it from a market or you're just blind drawing it. Like there's there's lots of fun considerations, at least fun to me, um, in how graphic design is pursued uh, in in board game design. Right, and it's interesting to hear you. What one of the things you said that I want to call out. So when we first started in this uh, in this business of designing, and we were early in the years of BTG, I remember somebody said to Rob and I at one point, and they weren't saying it directly to us. I think we were at something, listening to people talk about game design, and the people said, and I quote. Well, and I paraphrase, they basically said, working on your 
graphic design is not working on your game. And what they were talking about was the people who don't want to design the game, they actually just want to be a graphic designer, right? Um, right. But, but hearing you say it in the way you just did is so smart because you're basically saying, um, you're basically saying, you know, um, when you're stuck, this gives you something else to work on that is uh, uses a different part of your brain, but it also um, it also is still part of the game. So it's keeping you in the it's keeping you in that zone, but letting you kind of change your perspective in that headspace that you're in, right? Um, right. And that is really cool. So whoever that person was that said that before can shut up. They were clearly wrong. <laughs> um, but no, anyways, it, it's. I just, it's cool to hear that take on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but for this project specifically, um, it was it was really fun to uh, work on it in a slightly different way than I've done with any other projects. Um, um, for example, uh, you you declared that we were going to do the, um, the, the box cover, like the cover art was going to be a spoof on uh, the, the Castles of Burgundy box, like a very classic Euro game. Right, right. That, Which I can't take credit so for that people... idea. That was Neil's idea, but it was a good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, heard, I heard it from you first, but yeah, yes, credit's yes. to Neil. <laughs> That's great. Um, so it was, it was fascinating to just like, uh, grab a copy of that box and like, look at it and, uh, what's, what's the iconic pieces of it and stuff. And, um, uh, you've, you've seen mock-ups of it somewhat close to being done. And, uh, I, I, I think I nailed it. Yeah, you, no, you, you really nailed it. I mean, um, yeah, you super nailed it. Uh, even before we had, uh, we had Corinne Roberts do the art. She's, uh, somebody we've right. all been a fan of and, uh, you know, all of us working with this project, uh, most of us have actually met her, um, and have, you know, bought art from her many times. And so, but even before that, when you just did a mock-up, you found like some like impressionist style, like beaver picture, um, yep. <laughs> and, it, and it, you threw it in there and it was still like everyone's reaction was so immediate and so positive to like gray. Oh my gosh, you, you knocked it out of the park, man. <laughs> and so, yeah. But yeah, Corinne, uh, like really nailed the artwork too. The, well, the, um, there, there is the, the dour looking, uh, character off to one side, kind of looking back towards the Vista, you know, the character to the side of all these Euro games is, the player character. Right, right. Um, and they're often as unemotive as possible to be like <laughs> right. a blank slate for the for the player. Um, but it doesn't make for a dynamic picture often. Um, <laughs> right. and, then the, and then the background behind the dour-looking individual is um, the, the thing that they're doing, whether it's spice trading or building an empire or whatever. That's the general format of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kryn did an amazing job of making a delightful yet dour-looking beaver, looking back over <laughs> this the, this great vista of like a river and hills and and a, a dam and yeah, it's it's she's done some really good work. She did, and I I was really imp- uh, thankful for your help with kind of the art direction on that because you know she sent the first sketch over and I was like this is good. Let's change this one thing. And you were like, well, let's, 
let's look at these three or four things kind of like changing. We originally was a portrait style. You had her change it to landscape um, and then, you know, made some other good suggestions and really, uh, yeah, those really helped bring it to life. So it was great to have somebody with a keen eye for that. Um, and you really, like I said, Neil just said it would be cool to do a parody of this box. And then you like really took that to heart and were like, what are the key <laughs> factors that I need to make that happen? And, uh, and I loved that, that you uh, were able to, to kind of dissect that and figure that out for us. So, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, uh, I have three other questions for you here that are not directly about Beavers Be Damned. Is there anything else sure. you want to throw out about that before we before we move on to those questions? Uh, no, I think I'm I think I'm good. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Well then, um, the next question is what What is BTG? You know, what is it? What has it meant to you for the last eight years and four hundred episodes here? Absolutely nothing. Completely forgettable. Sweet. That's how I feel most of the time. And I mean, uh, the question's not meant to sound corny. I know it can a little bit, but like, um, you know, I, I, it's been a part of your life that you've been somewhat engaged in for a very long time because, uh, well, right. I mean, we've become right. friends over the deal, right? So I'm going to let you answer the question. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. Um, uh, a couple of the things that I thought of um, when you pose the question. First off, um, the 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 pitch of the week that you you put that you guys have put at pretty much the end of every episode. Um, it, there's there's so many imaginative things that have gone on in there, and whether they're they're they were good ideas or bad ideas when you're trying to put them together on the spur of the moment, especially if it was like a pitch challenge and you had (laughs) no prep. Um, Or if it wasn't and we still had no prep. (laughs) (laughs) There was still a lot of um, uh, creativity in there that, um, that I still found inspiring or um, several, I've had several ideas that were like, okay, I don't like, the idea that they came up with, but it gets me thinking about a different idea that I am in love with, and that's informed by my tastes and and whatnot. So that's cool. um, I've I've always found that pitch to to be inspiring and uh, help keep my creative juices going. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That is, um, yeah. I know it's uh, it's it was designed to help us not just practice the pitch, as we say, but also, you know, really get you know, keep our creative juices flowing with that. And, um, yeah, no, and I, I apologize that in the new version of the show, we've done less of those mostly because of Jason Katarski, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, the, oh, the, 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 the other thing, um, that, uh, uh, BTG has been good for me for, um, and I think I've brought it up, uh, before on, prior appearances on the show, um, is that, um, it's, it's not always, always just the, um, the obvious tips for how to do game design or whatnot, but it's sometimes just, uh, just simply that showing that, um, how do I put this? Uh, you guys have had a, a documentary style of stuff. You've been sharing mm-hmm. everything with the audience that, 
that is like all the awesome fun times, but it's also like the down times too. When you guys have been rejected for a pitch or when you've been frustrated by a design, like you can't figure out how to make it work or like any one of like a dozen different uh, issues, um, the, the hard things that you're dealing with. And it's been um, helpful for me to hear uh, other people wrestle with some of the the same things that that I wrestle with, and to see them work mm-hmm. through the process. Um, so that's a that's another uh, big thing that's been helpful for me. Um, it's, since your podcast started, I've found other podcasts that are kind of you know allowing me to see designers you know, keep checking in over the course of um, their designing careers. Uh, Game Designers in North Carolina is one that comes to the top of my mind. Yeah, that's a good Um, one. But you guys were definitely the first one that I heard in that vein. Oh, yeah. Everybody copied us for 100%. Absolutely. I feel comfortable (laughs) saying that because we looked for those podcasts when we started and they weren't there. Um, And, you know, I mean, I joke that everybody copied us. The fact of the matter is people either heard us and thought that's a good idea. I should do that. Or they didn't hear us and they didn't hear anything else. And they had the same thought we we did, which was somebody should really be doing this to help the community. And, you know, so, yeah, that's either way. I'm comfortable with that because uh, the more stuff we can get out there to help the community, the better. Mm hmm. Absolutely. All right. Do you have, so the next question is, do you have a, uh, do you have a particular BTG moment that sticks out in your mind? Um, a, a couple instances, uh, of, of me hanging out with, uh, you guys are notable to me. Um, the first time I met any of you guys in person, uh, I met you, uh, at uh, Barnes and Noble in Grand Rapids, yeah, when you were pit when you were trying to play test uh, the uh, the the snowball game, mm-hmm. um, which eventually became Water Balloon Washout. Right, um, right. So I got I got to see. Um, I've been listening to the podcast a little bit before you guys showed up, but um, yeah, it was cool to see uh, that that game in action. Um, probably the, the, one of the other bigger times is meeting the two of you guys together at the first grand con on the, uh, the Calvin college campus. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. We, that littler space they had, we were like in a hallway. <laughs> you guys had a, you guys had a small little table and you were kind of like wedged together side by side at that table, uh, kind of facing out into a hallway. Yeah. Um, and uh, you were pitching uh, a Sandbox Showdown um, at that time. Right. And Rob Rob had his game Maelstrom, that big yes. uh, ships in a whirlpool. Yes. Um, the game everybody believed was better than he did. <laughs> I mean, I was I was very charmed with it. Um, I, so was I. I, I threw him some playtesting feedback. Like, that's one of the early uh, PNPs I did. Um, in addition to, uh, I did a PMP of potent potions of yours mm-hmm. way back in the day and, um, and Rob's, uh, rocket wreckers, um, with the, yes. the, the, 
the early days of the offset uh, card system. <laughs> right. Um, which I, I contend that Gloomhaven copied. So I feel comfortable um, with us just saying that, you know, that's what I heard Rob say. For I, sure. It, you take part of one card and part of another card, and that's your turn. Like, uh, that sounds like the offset card system to me. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rob should be getting some royalties from that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> getting some of that Gloomhaven money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those were those were the two big things. Just meeting you guys, uh, just meeting you guys in person and being able to chat with you face-to-face. It's funny because I... Anytime you've more than once when I've talked to you, you've mentioned when we met at the when we met at that Barnes and Noble, I'm always like, oh yeah, we did meet there because I swear I distinctly remember you meeting you at Grand Con for the first time. But no, I remember sitting there talking to you and Tamara uh, yeah. at Barnes and Noble. So yeah. That was one of those kind of overwhelming nights because that's the first time we met Mark Spector, the first time we met Brian Lenz. Um, and right. probably several other people who I've seen again that are, you know, kind of hang out in that group. Um, I just haven't become close to them like I have with you. So I, I haven't got to know them as well. But um, yeah, I, I've, I, I consistently, I mean, that was so, so long ago. And because I always see you at Grand Con and other Grand Rapids events, I forget that we did that. But yeah, so that was a good night. That was a really fun night. Absolutely. And then, so finally, finally, and this is important, everything rests on your shoulders with this. Uh, well, this okay. and the questions I'm going to ask, the other same question I'm going to ask everyone else, uh, and I'll probably disregard all of them, but what do you, what do you want to see out of the next 400 episodes of Building the Game? What do I want out of the future? Flying cars. Absolutely flying cars. Um, I don't know that we can pull that off. I, I I believe in you, Jason. I want to design a game about everyone having flying cars and how much mayhem would be caused by that and how it would just be a terrible thing. Or or if your car stalls and then you plummet a half a mile to the ground. <laughs> I don't think an airbag's going to help. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I just think... Kind of more of the same of what you've been doing. Um, what sets uh, building the game apart from uh, most other uh, board game podcasts is that behind-the-scenes look um, into the the lives of people in game design, like working at their craft and trying to to get it done. There's there's tons of podcasts that interview designers and who have made successes out of themselves. And you get that 2020 hindsight look into what made them successes. But um, I find something satisfying about hearing uh, you and Rob and now, um, you know, Julio and um, I'm blanking on the other two co-hosts. and and Jason. No, it's all right. Nicole and Jason. (laughs) I mean, Jason especially, very forgettable. So Highly forgettable. Um, um, even though I own all of his games. Yeah, yeah, uh, me too, me too. Down on my bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, to just, uh, keep, uh, doing that behind the scenes look of seeing the nuts and bolts of what's going on in the intermediate process of seeing a game come to fruition. That's Uh, good. That's 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 helpful. 
thanks. That's uh, you know, that's uh, what what you're most likely to get is more of the same out of us. So, uh, you know, <laughs> and I think the idea is, you know, to keep the podcast fresh. You know, we switched to some new hosts this year to keep new perspectives in, but still keeping the core of the show as close to as possible as what it normally is. And I, I don't think we'll ever have a fundamental shift simply because, um, well, because it that the model works. We enjoy it. It seems to connect with people. And, you know, I think that the way to keep it moving forward is is fresh voices. So that's, you know, that's my intent. Uh, so that, that makes me feel good, actually, to hear that you uh, feel the same way. So, yeah. The, f- the format ain't broke, so don't fix it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, if you uh, want to find Gray uh, on on the Twitters, you can find him at, is it just, is it at Gray Dietrich? Correct. Okay. I'm so bad with Twitter handles. I follow all these people and, and never remember what their Twitter handles are. So, um, yes, great. It's, so I, I made it simple. It's my name. Right. Yeah. That's why I would have done Jason Slingerland if my name was just a little shorter, but I had to stick with J.A. because that's all the fit. So... Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And uh, we will talk soon. Okay. I'm back here with Neil again. Hey, Neil. I think Nate stole my, it's an honor just to be nominated. He did. He did. It's all right. Uh, So this is your, this is your one-on-one interview you get as part of this. You and uh, you and Nate also did the intro with me. So you could talk to us a little bit about how the game works. Uh, But now this is the part where I'm just, we're just chatting. And uh, so one of the things, when was the first time we met? Like, what was the first place we met? Um, Gen Con, I'm pretty What's, sure. Okay. Um, I, it's, it's like one of the first events that I ever went to. Um, and I think you guys were giving out the uh, collectible card game. Ah, yes, yes. The BTG CCG. Yes. Uh, which I have, I have a copy of. So, and that's where I remember getting it. So, I'm pretty sure it was at at uh, at Gen Con, and I don't know. That was. I don't know if we got to hang out a ton that no, year. No, and that was my guess was it was Gen Con. The only reason I felt like it wasn't right is mm-hmm. because since then you've never been at Gen Con. So I'm like, was it Gen Con? But it was <laughs> yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure like we got to hang out a lot more at Origins. Yes. Uh, yeah. Later on, I think is where we got to have yep. a lot Yeah, the more. next year at Origins. And then you started coming up to um, Grand Con, which also meant we got to hang yep. out a lot more. Which is a good Yeah, time. no, Grand Con is still my favorite place to go hang out with everybody because most everybody can be there. And uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the unofficial Builder Conference. Right, basically, yes. The Builder Con that uh, is hosted hosted mm-hmm. by Grand Con. Thanks, Grand Con. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So, um, so yeah, I've got these four questions I want to ask. So, uh, and, uh, I'm going to start asking you those. It's going to be great. So, so what were your, you know, you talked a little bit about this in the beginning, but like, what were your personal feelings on the co-design with the group? Like, how did that, how that, how did, what did you think about that? It was chaos. (laughs) (laughs) It was for a bit, right? That's how it started. It did. It started as chaos. Uh, and like that's it's really funny because like I don't um, I do not thrive in chaos right. right like but so I kind of as it was going on I kind of just like took a back seat and let it happen um, and I have to say like I I've always been on this this bandwagon but online communication the way that it, it is is handled right now is so difficult to have coherent conversations it is with. right like 
and even even Slack has th- the idea of threads, but then like the way that its threads work uh, are like incredibly confusing mm-hmm. and hard to follow. Yeah. So you're like, why do like I'm not even going to use threads there? Um, but like some sort of threading needs, I you know, it was just a fire hose yes. of 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 information and, and ideas going around, and and I kind of sat back uh, the first few days, uh, and then read through everything and and kind of was like, oh well this seems a lot more doable than this idea and stuff right. like that. No, the beginning was very like chaotic in the, we used group messenger on <laughs> Facebook just because everyone was on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but when we got moving on info, yeah, it was insane. It was just too much. And so we, um, what we ended up doing was creating separate groups. Like, so once we started, once you and Nate started really focusing on the rules, yep. cause you came back and, and it was kind of like, okay, we need somebody to take all these ideas and write the rules and you and Nate volunteered. Yep. So when that happened, you kind of created your own side conversation, added me to it. And then we would feedback information either via the Google doc with the rules or via um, the, the group chat. Um, and then Gray and I started talking separately off the group chat about graphic design and, you know, trying to keep those chats separate so that we could put necessary info for feedback in the main chat. But yeah, it was in the beginning. I was like, what, what have we done? This is, this is insane. <laughs> it's really funny. Cause I kind of just have through, just through reading things, I kind of like end up with this picture in my head of how the game's going to look. And like what we ended up with looks a lot like what I was imagining, which is, is that is, fun. that is very fun. Like the, you know, the way that the hex grid works and all, yep. and all that stuff. Um, what was kind of a fun moment of the development was um, when we, when you and I and Nate got together to uh, do the uh, tabletop simulator playtest. Yes. Yes. And we had actually like, we used Google, I think it's Google sheets Yep. Um, to create, uh, the different cards, and then I loaded them onto. They're called tablets, right? Right. right. Um, which are basic. It's basically like a web browser that you can drop on the table. It, it basically looks uh, like you have four iPads sitting on the table. <laughs> yep. And then we played cards around those, but it was really fun because we could, like, as we were playing, I could tweak the different, um, the different rules and the different, uh, the different text on on the different cards. So I was able, we were able to kind of live. Yeah, and the it. best was you didn't have to go back and fix it afterwards because you were updating it in our original no. document, and we were viewing it yep. through that document in um, through that channel into TTS. So, yeah, in Tabletop Simulator was weird just because yep. we were playing the tricks on Tabletop Simulator, but everything else we were doing we were drawing the boards in front of us. Um, yes. So we kept yeah. having to describe our boards and take pictures of stuff because we were like arguing <laughs> about how some of the rules worked. So. Yeah, but it, yeah, roll and write is not very good for uh, tabletop. <laughs> no, no, no. It did. We we made it work. I mean, we absolutely made it work. But it was uh, it was a challenge. But yeah. if it had not been for that, I don't know that we would have made it because being able to do that testing together and really have those moments of, oh, okay, you did this. Like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's yeah. you know, yeah. All right. Well, hey. Uh, this next question here I've got for you, uh, it's, it sounds cheesy, but it's not yep. meant to be. It's just, uh, what oh, is, yeah. uh, what, what is kind of building the game meant to you over the last eight years while it's been there? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it corresponds a lot to where I, like where I've been out over the last few years. Um, obviously you guys have put more time into it, <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't like, 
I haven't been able to sign a game or anything like that just because I don't really uh, work that hard on on game Yet. stuff. This is this is but the like, year for you know, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I don't think that I'm ever going to go all in on on doing board game design. But right. I really I enjoy like my what I did in this exercise where I was able to kind of work as a developer, right? And say like, well, this is this is what I see in common with what you guys are doing, and and here's what I think you need to work on and stuff like that. I think I'm always going to have that kind of role, right. but uh, but basically, like as you learn things, I was learning those same things, right? Like so, I I started listening to it from the first episode. I think I started listening to it like three days after you started. Um, so being able to follow all of that, um, where. Um, you know, as you started to uh, actually make real prototypes, I was making real prototypes. And, you know, as you uh, started getting to know more publishers, I was starting to get more, know more publishers. Right. Um, so it's just, it's been something where um, like camaraderie, I guess, uh, where I've been able to have uh, kind of you guys uh, progress the same way that I was progressing. You know, not that I've signed games, but I still have been doing the same kind of work as you have over the years. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And we've went from, you know, being friends who work together to now being like friends who co-design games together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, next question here. What is one of your favorite BTG moments? So I was thinking about like, I don't know if it's it's a moment. The, the thing that I... Uh, have been uh, I was thinking about like the thing that I was most like enthralled by I don't know the right way to say it but the whole the saga with gunslinging ramblers <laughs> yeah I really enjoy like I was going through it I was just thinking like man what's what's like one thing that they've done that like has been uh, like the most uh, eventful right uh, and I was like gunslinging ramblers has just been great because it's like you signed it and got it back and went to like it went to a different publisher and you got the art and like you bought the art and I don't know the whole thing is just is just great and like even uh you know there's other been other games that come out that are similar to it and I don't know it's all it's really really funny to to think back on that whole that whole progress yeah no that was uh that was quite the uh, roller coaster of a saga and one of those things where like <laughs> I'm thankful that I had the show because without the show like I don't I may have quit, right? And without the show, you know, there to yeah. to spur me on and to the positive feedback I got from people and people saying, yes, I get this. I went through this. It sucks. Uh, that was really helpful. So, no, that that's a great answer. I love that. I also, like, I have a second one, which is that um, really early on, the the game that eventually became, uh, what's, what's Rob's game? Uh, Saloon Tycoon. Yes. Like, really early on, I you both of you were really um really green right uh in terms of development mm -hmm. and i played i played that game when like right after rob pitched it he put up the the mm -hmm. prototype like to do a print and played it to do it and it was so bad <laughs> <laughs> and like the the guy that i was playing with uh like abs i think rob's mentioned it but he like absolutely destroyed it like it because it was the way that you scored was mul multiplicative yeah yep so he found a way to like multiply like six different things together to where his score was like a hundred times higher than my score. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really, that was a really yeah. fun 
thing that it ha- that happened because yep, that's where you uh you learn that if you're gonna do you know like that's that's part of the being green thing right i mean you you yep. can use multi you can make the scoring multiplicative as long as you understand what numbers you're dealing with and what the uh, hard limits are yes. <laughs> when there's too many variables yeah not great <laughs> that's funny yeah oh that's funny uh and then the last question uh the last question is what do you want out of the next 400 episodes of the show? I think more of the same. Uh, I think not like the, even the, the, you know, the discussions about where the industry is going and what's our role in it and stuff like that, that you've been having uh, recently. I think that that journey is going to always be happening and it's still interesting. Yeah. So even even though I mean, I'd like for you to uh, as as you move between co-hosts, it would be fun to have someone that is green uh, join in again and, and see what it's like for someone new to the industry to start working. I in agree. It. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also I like the trying to navigate the existing uh, landscape as well, right? Like the discussion you and Julio had about. Um, what what's the designer's role uh, is very interesting because it's like there's so many different paths you can take now. Right, like, there are. It, you can right, like you can really develop a game uh, and be able to sell that to an, an emerging publisher, and like that's a gift that you can give someone, right? Like to take your experience uh, and your ability to polish something and and give it to a new publisher that's trying to break into the industry that yeah. you like. I mean, because that's really like this is all based on uh, personal connections for a large part because n- not many people get rich doing this. <laughs> right. So, you know, if you meet someone you like and you have a game that you've really polished, but the, you know, bigger companies aren't super interested in because it's weird or offbeat or whatever, you know, that's that's a way that you can really help the industry. And, and if you come up with something that's innovative and, and unique, that you don't really need to spend that much time on that. That's something that a, that a big publisher can have, right? Like, so even, even saying like, well, how do we use our time? Well, how do we, um, how do we help the industry? Well, stuff like that. Those are all really cool questions to uh, be able to talk about, uh, as things move. That is, and that's, that is a really good point. And you know, that's something that I wish we saw more big name designers doing like putting stuff out with small startups, right? You know what I mean? Cause they're obviously yep. some of yep. them are bad, right? The small startups are, don't work yep. out, but you know, with the right supports and, you know, picking the right people, I think that, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I like that. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks. Uh, that's my thanks hope. again for, uh, for taking the time to chat with me separately. You know, I appreciate obviously our friendship has grown a ton in the last eight years um so um yeah and that's been it's been really cool it's for me it's been one of the absolute best things about doing the podcast or um the people that i've been able to become close friends with along the way is really uh it's a it's a big deal so well uh builders if you want to find neil on the twitter he is at potted meat so feel free to look him up and uh yeah i'm sure you will be hearing from him in the not too distant future on the show because he's usually willing to do an episode and he usually has things to say that are smart and so smart that sometimes i don't understand them so it's cool (laughs) i don't know how helpful that is (laughs) i'm sure there are builders out there that understand so that's good enough sure all right well hey thank you again i appreciate it 
All right. Now I am joined by VC Young. Hey, man, how's it going? Hi, it's uh, going pretty good. How's it going for you? It's going pretty well here. So I'm excited to have you joining for episode 400. And uh, all the uh, all the work we all did together behind the scenes here. It's uh, nice to be recording this stuff finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, before we started recording, we were talking a bit about, uh, the first time uh, we met and the first couple times, uh, and I've been kind of going through that with everybody. So I would, uh, which was at Gen Con, we figured either 13 or 2013 or 14. We think it was, was it 13? I believe it was 2013. I showed up at Gen Con and signed up for your building the game live. Yes. Yes. The thing that the thing that I told you I blocked out of my memory. So. <laughs> I mean, a good reason. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> um, yes, it was the first ShenCon I'd ever gone to. Uh, first game design panel that we'd ever gone to, and we made a we designed a game. The whole group of us, all the the host and the crowd of people there, mm-hmm. uh, that involved making chicken soup. Yes. Yes. I yeah, I remember that now. Yes. I can't remember what that was called. But yeah, did we have you all like give us um give us like components or just I think that was when we just did ideas. Yeah, we we uh, all threw out ideas and then we kind of would grab onto one of them, work it into a mechanic and then go on to the next idea and work that in on top of that mechanic. I think that that game ended up being similar to like a teeter-totter where every time somebody would take a turn, it would either push the chicken closer or further away from the actual center where the soup was. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I need to go back and listen to those episodes. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, yeah. And I, re- you reminded me, which I had forgotten. And then you reminded me. And then now I, I remember my, my PTSD around it was you screaming into the microphone. That was that year. Correct. Not the next year. Yeah. Uh, that it probably was the next year. Now Maybe that it I was. Think yeah. About it. Yeah, I think that the next year is probably when Rob would have had tea party, which you said you won as a prize. So, he, yes, we were giving away um, Epic Monster Tea Party, the uh, original design that Rob had made, and he had the very, very last copy to give away, and whoever could make the best monster sound would get it. And I went last in that group. And roared into the mic and just made the whole room go silent, which was me <laughs> being me. And then I looked right at Rob. I was like, "So I win, right?" <laughs> like, how do you how do you argue with that, right? Right. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was good times. I still have that uh, game too. Oh, do you? It's it, part of my I love board game collection. I love that version. That's the uh, that's the bootleg version, right? Yes. Yes. Alternatively. I also have a copy of the Building the Game Live card game. Yes. That I won that year as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That um that one is uh fun. I still actually it just was cleaning out some drawers and I found in a box. I still have a bunch of the cards and that was one of those things we had such a good time doing and uh we uh yeah, we had a good time doing it and then it just kind of ran its course. But the game was the game was actually fun. It was unbalanced and it was ridiculous, but it was actually a good time to play. 
Yeah, I think that's part of the charm of it. Right, right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, and we haven't actually seen each other since then, so I was harassing you earlier about getting you to come to a convention so we can hang out. Um, yeah, I was telling you, I just forever all the builders, I was saying to, to VC that, you know, Grand Con is the place to be because... It is not so crazy as Gen Con and all of our friends show up and we just get to hang out for two, two to three days. So it's pretty great. It is something I will have to consider in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always groups of people if you're looking for places to stay. So, um, yeah, but like Nate drives up from St. Louis, uh, as does Kelly. Neil comes over from Des Moines. So yeah, lots of, lots of people road tripping in and then like gray lives in grand rapids and i live just south of grand rapids so it works out for us too easiest for gray because like he doesn't even stay at a hotel he just stays at home because he's like 15 <laughs> minutes from the convention center so that's just cheating yes right all right so i've got these uh four questions uh that i need to uh go through here uh with you mm-hmm. that everyone is answering and uh, I really thought about giving you guys four questions and then change it because I gave everyone the questions ahead of time, as you saw. I thought about changing them when we recorded just to throw <laughs> you all off, but that seemed like a little bit of extra work I wasn't really willing to put in. Uh, and also, I wanted you to have decent answers for the questions. So, <laughs> so um, what was your? Uh, what did you think about um, the way we did this co-design thing? You know, working through it like on because we worked through it mostly on Facebook Messenger. Um, you know, mm-hmm. how, how did that feel for you? Um, at first I was a little hesitant because I'm not that I'm trying to move away from Facebook like many are, but it's just, I'm not used to group messaging with, uh, Facebook. So I felt like because of how the message system works, it might have caused a bit of a complication with us trying to catch up because I can only check this in the evenings when I'm home from work. Right, right. So, but it actually uh, worked out fairly nice the face of mister did keep things organized enough and i could see and read everything that was coming through without any problems and we did try to um neil likened it to a fire hose in the beginning because all of us were constantly replying and then we kind of got smart and started like okay we're gonna have a rules discussion in another area and then we're gonna put stuff out there so people can comment on it and then we're going to only feed information necessary for different people. Like for graphic design, I started a thread with just gray so that I could talk to him about that. That way mm-hmm. everyone was only getting information that would actually help them rather than spammed information back and forth. Other than all the stuff, Len kept posting memes and stuff in there. So, you know, there was that. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I would also kin it to a, a fire hose because it really was, <laughs> Hey, you individuals, we have an idea. And then, I think Neil or Gray said one thing, and then I threw an idea in there, and then it was just like watching a snowball go down a mountain. I know. Um. <laughs> Which is why I was like, so I what I ended up doing then for the builders was I I took the the two main ideas we had that were proposed uh, by everybody, um, and then uh, I put them up in a Google Doc and said, okay, everybody go there and vote on what they think is the best idea. And we actually unanimously voted on Beavers Be Damned, um, which, for the record, <laughs> I did not suggest. That was... Uh, I don't remember who suggested that we that we do Beavers Be Damned. I honestly don't remember. Um, I just know it wasn't me. <laughs> I, I will not be blamed for this. Dive! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it's one of my old game ideas, right? So, 
Um, what I had mentioned yeah. it to someone, they're like, oh, I mentioned it to Tarski, and he's like, oh, so you're just doing one of your old games? And I was like, no, they chose it, not me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I didn't argue with y'all. I voted for it, but like. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, when lightning strikes, just, just go with it. <laughs> right, right. You know, and the fact that everybody was on board and uh, yeah, yeah. So, and you, you originally had an idea for a world building game, which we incorporated some of those ideas. That was, you were the world building game, right? Yes, with, that like, was uh, my yep. idea. And we ended up incorporating um, some of those thoughts into Beavers Be Damned. Mm-hmm. So. That, that was, that was really weird uh, for me, just on a, a side note, because I was like, hey, what about this idea? And everyone's like. Let's take away this one aspect, and then that's fantastic. And I was like, "Right, really? <laughs> yep." Just mentally, I was like, "Really? Yeah, okay, right? cool." I know, like you never know what's going to spark people's imaginations, right? Like, at, let that be a lesson to not be afraid to throw ideas out there, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, you throw out an idea, and you might, "Oh, this is a dumb idea," and it's like, "Look at you know." Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, if we make this one tweak, this is this is what we want," and. uh and funny enough, the other game we decided not to work on was Nate's idea, and he just took that and started working on that on his own. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, funny enough, actually, the idea that I originally threw out there, I've been honing in the background, and I'm nice. running it as a play-by-post on a different website for a, uh, a gaming podcast that I'm uh, friends with the guys who do it with. <clears throat> that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. So, like, three games born out of this process, not just the one everybody sees. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. So, uh, next question here, sir. Um, and I, I keep telling everyone, I'm sorry. I know this question sounds cheesy, but uh, uh, what has BTG meant to you over the last eight years? Like, what's uh, been the experience for you? Um, this is a question I've been pondering because whenever somebody asks me what does x mean to you i have to sit back and like a child for the first time seeing the sun like oh my god what does that mean (laughs) um but um over the last eight years that i've been listening and showing up to conventions and seeing you guys and interacting with you on social media it's been almost like another community just one that's more focused on game design and understanding mechanics for sure <clears throat> which for me and my squirrely brain that that's really nice it's nice to have a community that specifically focuses on this interest that i have and so whenever i've got thoughts or ideas i can go to this community and be like hey what about this and how would it apply with this and i can get feedback from people who also have that interest and it, it's 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 nice <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and you've been on board since right in the beginning, right? You were, uh, I know you were one of the early listeners, but did you start up pretty close to right when we started? Um, I, yeah, because I, I want to say that I originally found your guys' uh, podcast somewhere around episode 70, 75. Cool. And then cool. I, I I went back and started listening forward. Ah, uh, yes. And, and and have been doing that ever since. And back then that was easy to do because there was like less than a hundred episodes, not four hundred. <laughs> yes. Now I also always... as a as a side uh, nomer, 
to the uh, previous question, Len. Len was the one who suggested Beavers Be Damned. Now that I've scrolled oh. all the way back. Oh, have through. you? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we can blame Len for that. When I'm recording with Len tomorrow, I will make sure to blame him for that then. That way, <laughs> Casey tries to get out of it. <laughs> so, so we have the document right here. It says, you, you suggested this. <laughs> um. So, uh... So next, what what is uh, what are some of your favorite BTG moments? Um, I well, my, the first two that come to mind was going to Gen Con and meeting you guys, because <clears throat> you know listening to you and not actually having a person to put with your face, right, right, is, is a it, it's a common thing like today, especially with podcasting being so popular, mm-hmm. but then you know, taking the jump to go to Gen Con and then finding out you guys are there, going to your panel and being like, holy crap, you guys are real. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're physical people. We're not just one guy pretending to be both voices. Yes, you're not just one person who's got a really fantastic voice acting <laughs> career that they're way underutilized. <laughs> Very much wasting um, it, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first year going to Gen Con, it was amazing meeting uh, you and Rob in person and just being a part of your panel and jumping in on the jokes and the silliness. Uh, there was a lot of that one. Oh yes. Yes. You guys do bring a very bubbly energy, which is very nice. And then my second one was the next year we came to Gen Con again. Um, <clears throat> and that was a year that Rob had gotten saloon tycoon. Yes. Published. Yeah. And it, it was a it was a really big thing. So not only did I get to come to Gen Con, get a copy of Saloon Tycoon, get Rob to sign it, shake his hand, congratulate him, see you, you know, say hi to you, and then I am showing up to your show because you guys are doing it alive again and bringing a pack of custom soda from Rocket Fizz yes. of just really weird kind of funky flavors. Which you reminded me, um, I mean, you telling me that earlier, and this is one of my favorite things as an aside is these people's favorite BTG moments because I think almost every one of you have said something that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that. Like I even for people who I expected like, oh, this person's going to say this or this. And it was like, nope, they said something else. And like, you know, I get I get to relive those memories, uh, some of which I misplaced along the way. So it's been really cool. But I realize that you were the first person to kind of bring the uh, to start the trend of giving us soda. I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. you were the first one. Um, I, so, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I was necessarily the first one because I know the reason that prompted me to get the soda was we were walking in downtown Indianapolis, just taking in the city. And I was like, ooh, Rocket Fizz, what do you do? Custom soda. Okay. And I remembered at the back of my head that you and Rob were, um, I don't know if you guys were talking about different types of beers that you liked. And then a few episodes later, you were talking about different sodas that you tried because there yeah, was something weird yeah. going on in the, the Kalamazoo area. And then I walked in and I was like, holy crap, gravy soda? Oh, <laughs> guess who's getting a jar of this? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, you were the first one I remember now bringing that soda to us. So we've had many over the years because Rob and I got on a real soda kick for a while where we were really trying lots of different sodas. So uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I yes. believe this was also uh, a point in time when somebody tried pitching Soda Kings. Yeah. Yes, Rob. Rob <laughs> tried to pitch yes. Soda Kings a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> it, it, it's got foundation. I'm just saying. Right. Oh, no. I always harassed him that it could have been a good game. And I think he has officially given it to Pinchback now because the time has expired. So uh, so that means that uh, that. Technically, Pinchback could design the game now if he wanted to, and Rob can't stop him. It's legally binding on Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's 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 fantastic. So, uh, yeah, those are some really fun moments. Those are some good moments. Um, the uh, the last question here is what uh, what do you want to see out of the next four hundred episodes here? <sighs> Uh, my first smart Alec response is 400 episodes because, dear Lord, there's a lot of episodes. <laughs> it is. It but, is. Um, I would say more of the same in the sense that even though the show has taken a change, you know, Rob is no longer part of the show mm-hmm. and you're now in charge and you're bringing in different hosts and different perspectives. And I like that. And the energy that not only you, but the other hosts bring is a very nice, warm, welcoming energy. So to see you consistently have that 400 episodes now, seeing that another 400 would be very welcoming. Also, more success and more games published. (laughs) Well, I I am on board with all those things. So just between you and me, because no one else is probably listening here. Uh, my, my new kind of goal is I would love to hit a thousand episodes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I know is a long ways off, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm in for the long haul at this point. I think, I think as long as I'm designing games, I cannot think of a reason not to do this podcast. Um, because we're, we're never going to run out of things to say, right? I mean, even if we, if we look back at these 400 episodes and said, I'm going to recreate the next 400 episodes as exactly the episodes we already did with the same topics, it would be mm-hmm. completely different, right? Because of perspective changing over all these years. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. your perspective on how to handle mechanics has changed, how you would approach something has changed. You've got years of wisdom. You've got kids that are growing. <laughs> I know. If you right? side curb perspectives, dad, try this. Well, why did I not think of that? What is wrong with me? Right. You know, I mean, just, just for perspective, you're at 400 episodes and other longer running podcasts aren't at 400 episodes. Right. You know? Right. I know that's, uh, I th- that's one of the things about publishing every single week for the last eight years, right. Has done that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that is obviously, that's a core value with a show that I do not want to lose is that we, uh, continue to publish weekly, you know, get something out there every Monday. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's not the the most amazing episode, but we get an episode out there. We stick to that documentary style and we put something out there every week as part of the journey, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's always the hope. Yeah. You, you don't always have to, nor do you always want to strike gold. Right. Yeah. So well, hey man, uh, it has been awesome having you uh, having you on the show. We'll have to. I gotta have you back on again. Uh, so just as a standalone episode, we can talk about some stuff, talk about one of your designs and things like that. Um, so we'll have to do that 
sometime in the not sure. too distant future. If, if you're up for it, it'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. So I'm always uh, loving to hear what other designers are working on. So that's uh, one of my favorite things to talk about. So yeah. That right. would be that'd be fun. Good. Well, we will do that then. Uh, and as I've been reminding everyone, uh, if you want to find VC, he is on Twitter. Um, he is at VC Young, V-E-C-E-Y-O-U-N-G. Um, not Mad Quacker. I actually just looked it up because I was like, is it at Mad Quacker? <laughs> no, that's just the name you have on there. So, Yes, that is, that's just my name. <laughs> the, uh, the thing that I have the hardest time remembering about people is their Twitter handles. Like... I mean, you hear me on the show when I'm consistently like, this is your Twitter handle, right? Like, I follow you. I tweet with you. How do I not remember? But yeah. But in your case, I blame you for having Mad Quacker as your name because that's what I remember, not VC Young. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that little level of subversion. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, so It's great. It uh, makes it stand out, though. It's nothing wrong with that. So. Awesome. Well, hey, man, thanks again. Uh, thanks for everything you, uh, the cool ideas you put out there for the game. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited that we were all able to work together, uh, even through the fire hose of information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thanks for including me. It, it's been fun. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very glad we did. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I am here uh, with Mr. Lenier Wexford. Hey, Len, how's it going? BTG Wexford here. Going pretty good. Yes, you have to start with that uh, with that intro. That's like required by the show. It's it's in the bylaws, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, hey man, it's good to have you on, and uh, it's been really fun working with you on this uh, project, and uh, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. So hey, I was thinking about, gosh, when when was the first time we met? Was that? Was okay, it? so I, I I have a thought. What's your thought? Uh, met or I, like what? met phone wise, di- digital friends, or or actually in person? I in, know the first time we met in person. Okay, I, in person, I'm gonna guess. Now, I, just for the record, I've been wrong about almost everyone else, including Neil, who I know better than any of y'all, <laughs> and I was wrong about when I first met <laughs> Neil. Uh, I think I first met you at Gen Con. But it might have been Grand Con. Oof, man. Right, good. Your second one, your second guess is the correct guess. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. And it was actually, it was, it was the second. I think it was the second or third Grand Con. That I don't really remember. But I remember you were in a room and you were starting to play what is today. Oh, it's a John Gilmore game. It was published by Floodgate, and it's about auction. It's about auctions. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the uh bit auction boards or uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's based off auction boards, right? So you guys are starting to do that, and I had just arrived, and I'm like, "Where are you guys at?" And so we were going back and forth on the tweets, and then also when I came into the room, and I was like, awkwardly like, "Oh, wow, I I, I know everyone here, but nobody here, <laughs> nobody knows. here knows you personally." That's funny. You know, I remember now because I blocked it out after that because you made us play that terrible game Impulse. Uh, that I wanted to set on fire at like two in the morning, and because you made us play that game, and I'm gonna hold that this is all your fault. Nate Darty ended up sleeping in his car because I went back to my room where Nate was gonna crash, and I fell asleep. And then Nate like gently knocked on the door, uh, and I never heard him. So yeah, he slept in his car. Wait, we played Impulse, like the the, the uh, Chetik game. 
Yeah, no, we didn't play it. We did not play it. We tried to play it. I played three rounds. My rocket kept tipping over, which was apparently a mechanic in the game, and then I quit. That's what happened. I, uh, I've also blacked out that part of the experience, but now that you say that, I do recall. It was not good. It was bad. No, Impulse was great. You just got to do it play at 3 a.m. I've heard other people say they really enjoyed it. It just it wasn't my style of game, so well, which it's is a cool. Game, so if you, if, but Ty and I, um, you know, Glory to Rome is one of his big ones out there. Um, I, I I really like Chuddy. Red Sevens, another one of his, right? Right. I have heard though. Um, I have heard that his style is polarizing. So it is. Um, it is. Yeah. I, I'm a fan, except for the one that he put out at Stronghold, the Bear one, which I was yeah. not. I was yeah. Like, I bought that game. And then immediately after buying it, one of my friends was like, oh, you bought that game? And I was like, yeah, I heard it was good. And he's like, it's not. It's real bad. And I was really bummed because it like the theme was for me, right? Like Bear Valley. I was like, oh, yeah. But then I heard it was not fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you four questions here. Rapid fire. I'm just kidding. They're not rapid fire. I'll give you some time to to vamp on them. So, uh, all right. The first one, the first question is, uh, how did you uh, how did you feel about doing uh, working on a game uh, as we did with the group? So uh, that is a, is interesting because I don't consider myself to have worked on it as much as some of the other contributors did. Right? I, early on, I was I, I threw out some ideas. I will say that I think feel like most of my ideas weren't picked up, mostly because I was trolling everybody with. Uh, your your previous pitch games. So you did do was, a uh, lot of that. <laughs> couldn't, well, couldn't help it. I was, you know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but the cool part was things got kicked around. There was some gelling, and then I know I did one of my favorite things to do, which is to record a two to three minute um, video on YouTube and just kind of throw it out there and say, "Is this what everyone's talking about?" And to me, that I think that's my biggest contribution is that is that first video where I was like, "Is this what we were talking about?" And all those words of the you know bajillion lines of stuff. Right. That was key, though. That was key. And then you did some playtesting as well, didn't you? I did one playtesting session with some buddies of mine, and that was interesting for me to try and teach the game. Um, and there was a I don't want to say it was a major rule update, but there was some rule changes. That, like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, of. and then I was like, because even in, in the in the actual we're playing the game, it's like, well, maybe this or that. And then he was talking to the microphone. Yes, guys, uh, let me know how that works out or fix it. You know, so yeah, that was good stuff. And uh, yeah, no, fix it, fix it, indeed. That is what happened. So uh, the yeah. game is the game has come a long ways, and uh, you know, it really has really been has. a group effort. Everybody kind of chipped in when they had the time and on their own terms, and I, that's what I loved about it. So. For me, right. at least. And I'm still working on my final contribution, which is the uh, uh, I'm trying to take a crack at doing a, a playthrough, right? And yes, that, that yes. is still under 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 production, and um, I'm, my goal is to have it to, to out to you guys for review this Sunday, and then make any um, make any edits because I bought a bunch of I bought some really expensive software for my son for Christmas this year. Ah, because he wants to do YouTube stuff. And so I figured he he's like he does. He waxes and wanes on the YouTube, and so uh, he got it for the lightsaber effects, and he did a couple of videos, and then he's currently on. I don't know what he's on now. I got to figure that out. 
But in like three <laughs> weeks, he'll be back on something else. Right, so right. I, I, I paid for the license, so I'll just use the license while he's off doing his other other stuff. Makes sense. Cool. Um, so the next question is, and this is, I warn everyone, this question feels a little cheesy, but uh, but I couldn't think of a better way to word it. So in for, for the last, you know, eight years, what is what is BTG meant to you? Monster. That's my favorite cheese. Oh, okay. So that's a good thing. Okay. First, I was like, like Eddie or like... <laughs> well, I was going to say Swiss, but I hate Swiss, but and, and Monster isn't my favorite because I don't know my favorites anymore, but anyways... Um, <laughs> What has BTG meant for me? You know, to be to be quite honest, there's been several times, and so uh, as you've mentioned, I you don't hear from me at all for a long, long time, and then all of a sudden it's like every day for like every every 40, 40 minutes you hear a, a voicemail from me, right? You're you're not incorrect. You do tend to um, go in cycles for that, for sure. And I, I don't know if you realize this, but my cycle. It usually would die off at the end of the year, and it would be around somewhere between March and May is when I would pick back up, right? Uh, and I just noticed this myself from just being me and noticing this. Right, but right. The, the thing was, is when I would pick it back up, I would I would realize how much I kind of missed the show and stuff like that. And then there were some times where it'd be like a couple of weeks, and I'd be in a, I'd be in like a dark, I'd be in a bad time, right? Work, whatever. I right? just get in that into that headed space that you're not in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just be pissed off. I don't want to hear the music. I don't want to listen to this uh, typical podcast that I listen to. And then I would see the logo, and I'd be like, "Well, let me just see what these yahoos are up to." <laughs> so I, I I hit play, and I always felt like I was listening to Friends again. You know, but that was the one thing. Even when I was off calling in, there's a um a, it was a low threshold for um for feeling stupid, right? I'm just part of the party. <laughs> Well, if there's anything I would say for BTG, it is a low threshold for being for feeling stupid. So, yeah. <laughs> Third question: What is your? Uh, what are some of your favorite BTG moments? Hmm. Well, I mean, I would say that the one that I man, it's say they're about me, but I, I find it funny a reaction to some of my your guys' reactions to my. Antics, i.e. Dragon's Milk. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. And then um, the other one that I think about is when I had the mental breakdown in the parking lot because that was I thought that was um, for me that was fun to do. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. Those are the two things that I think about like, interacting with you guys. When I did like when I called in like four times in a row and I like slowly had a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, sir. And then I'm trying well, Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to you guys progress. I mean, there is there, there's a level of progression that I, I really do think the show has had, right? Where when you guys For were sure. in the room with the noisy uh, AC and <laughs> it was hot, and you guys were like, dur, dur, and Rob's first pitch ever was about basically it was um, Carcassonne, yep. but in space, yeah, yeah, wormholes. Yeah, yeah. Yours was a zombie game, right? It sure was. Yeah. And I remember those first two episodes because I was like, "This kind of sucks and is awesome at the same time." <laughs> and I kept listening, and so yeah. I, oh, here's an interesting uh, idea. Not to interrupt you, but I would still say that, my yeah, that a tagline for the show could be, 
this kind of sucks, but it's interesting at the same time. I mean, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I have in life that's like, man, why am I watching this right now? Or why am I listening to this right now? But I'm still doing it because there's an entertaining <laughs> factor, right? I would say the boom yes. you guys have is there's also a, a, a moment in there where I feel a brotherhood. Like, oh, these are my people. Right back at you. So, but there, uh, so it's interesting how I got into, into the show, and I'll say that's probably something I think about a lot, is I found BTG through, really through TC, and my love for TC Petty Oh, III. yes, you do have a huge um, love for um, TC Petty the Third for sure. I do. At this point, it's kind of, it's a, it's a joke that I just, I just keep on giving to me in my own head. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I follow TC, I really, I, Viva Java is still one of my favorite games, and, and, and still my number one, Sam Thompson that really replaces it. But then, uh, he was on this, the, the thing you guys did call something from nothing. Yes, and then, yes. And um, I was, I, I was listening to, uh, State of Games at the time, and you had, in, you had, uh, turned in the, um, uh, the 52-card challenge, the, your time-traveling cat game. Yeah, Scrapyard Cats. Yeah. And I had heard your name, Jason Slingerland, in like four different places. Now, <laughs> that all came together, and then I'm like, well, let me check out what this building the game thing is. And back then, I had more time, so I started episode one, and I worked my way through, uh, slowly. But, yeah. Yeah, nice it does, thoughts. it does get better along the way. That's for sure. It does. Yeah. It's a fine wine. <laughs> it ages with the time. Um, so, uh, last question is, uh, yeah. what, what, what do you want to see out of the next 400 episodes? from BTG. Well, I don't know if I'm going to see much, but what I want to hear fair enough is um <laughs> um so I like the pivot when uh it went from from two people, you know, two guys to the to the variety show and I I feel <laughs> that variety show. Well, I No, I like well, it. I, I like I mean, it. It's kind of, right? Um, I like the variety show because all four of the um, different individuals have a perspective, and I'll, I'll be honest. Sometimes when I come back to listen, like when I when I come to binge, I will start out with the person that I want to hear and and and, and binge their vibe. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. After yeah. after we're done recording, I'm going to ask you who that is because I want to know, <laughs> but I'm not going to no, ask you know. now. No, 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 there's a, there's a, no, I can totally, <laughs> so like with, with, if I'm feeling like in a punk rock DIY, um, grassroots mood, that's, that's just going to be, you know, of course. Yeah. Right. Right. And Julio, he's when I want to do the, the, I'm a mad scientist vibe because, yep. Yep. I mean, you, if you, if you heard the, the way he talks about his games and just how passionate he is about everything, um, now he is the flightest and neatest mad scientist I know, but still the mad scientist vibe, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then, uh, man, and now I'm losing the I'm losing the um, Nicole, and Nicole is uh, I think of her as the uh, I'll say lover energy. She has a very a very I don't know. There's just something about her. Uh, I like video games. Games and I don't know what that is, and I can't say an f bomb right now, but I really want to. Not that yeah. she says those things, but that's the essence, the essence of the Nicole. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, I know. So, it, I know. I don't know. It is one of the reasons why she was the absolute first person I thought of when I knew right. that I needed more co-hosts because 
she has this energy about her that is uh, very different uh, than everybody else. And uh, and anyone who knows Nicole will tell you that. Um, so right. so yeah, no, she was an immediate like I have to ask her. So yeah, and, and I like the way she tells stories. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. Right. I just I mean she tells stories in some of the I just laugh out loud all the time. So anyway, yep. yeah, there's there you go. Awesome. So. So you still didn't answer the question of what you'd like to hear out of those episodes. More of that? Is that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I just, uh, well, there's more of that, but I, I, so, okay, you're right, correct. I did not answer the question. So I like the pivot, and I want to hear more of that, because I think that each of those voices adds, it's it, it, it's almost like a multiplier, you know? For sure. And to use some, 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 some. Some some good industry words here. You know, it's a very you know, a very synergistic team that uh, you know coalesces together and you know produces a lot of. I don't know. I can't think of that word now, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. Get that synergy going. You know, get that synergy going. It'll do it every time. Uh, uh, the synergistic cohesion. Uh, yeah. So oh. yeah, and more. I, I, I I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, and that's I, I don't I don't need more of anything. I just more whatever develops because it is you know, building the game, right? Building right. the story, building the whole thing. And I've talked to, you know, I don't know if, if listeners here are, are, remember the moments that I'm talking about or if they skip those episodes. Um, but, uh, yeah, just more of those, I don't know, thoughts. Cool. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, being a documentary po- podcast, the, the show evolution is in its DNA, right? It has to change. It has to grow because we change and we grow. And, um, just like the theme song, you know, I would say the show hasn't changed. Like the most drastic changes to the show didn't happen because Rob left and we got new co-hosts. Those just made them happen faster. Right. Because even looking back at Rob and I's perspectives, they have changed so much since episode one, you know, I mean, we're still the same people, but you know, we've been doing this now for eight years and I mean, designing games for eight years and, you know, having some games published, getting rejected a lot. I mean, that changes your perspective and, and then just well, your so, industry so expertise. Gonna, well, I would, I would argue with that. You're, you're not the same person because, you know, you're going to go to sleep tonight and you're going to wake up a different person. This is just Kedra's perspective, you know, as the way I, uh, the right, right. on the world. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you go to sleep tonight and you wake up the next morning and and tomorrow's a difference. If you're ever having a bad day, you know, I get through sleep, and tomorrow's going to be just awesome, right? And, and it works too. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, oh, it does feel better. I just need to sleep. I just need to sleep. Yep, that is that is not that is not but to your untrue. Point too, yes, you are the same. So well, you are hey. The same person as well. So. On that note, I want to I want to thank you again for uh, for being part of everything and being part of the show for so long. Uh, we've appreciated. I look forward to more of that. Yeah. Someday, maybe I'll get better at playing voicemails. Probably not. Uh, so uh, once again, I I apologize to you and all of the other builders out there who've left voicemails that I have neglected to play. Uh, yeah, that's that's on me mostly. So uh, yeah, but hey. Uh, if people want to find you, Len, what, I can't look it up right now because we're recording with my phone. What is your, uh, I follow you, but I'm really bad with Twitter handles. Is it Lanier Wexford? It is absolutely Lanier Wexford. It's okay. all one word though. L-A-N-I-E-R-W-E-X-F-O-R-D. Okay. I, I, well, there might be a hyphen in there. 
Okay. Because that's the thing. Some some places allow me to, or not hyphen, but uh, underscore. Some sometimes I've done underscore. Sometimes I just smashed it all together. Right. And I cannot recall. I can't recall what I. Uh, I feel like it's. I, I feel like it's all one word. But uh, do your work, builders. It's not that hard. Look it up. So yeah, give Len a follow. Yeah. And, then you, and then you can figure everything else out about Linear Wexford because there's some there's stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. So. Not a lot of stuff, but there's stuff. All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna sign that one off. So, thanks again, man, for uh, for joining thanks me for tonight. Me. Appreciate it's it. Been fun. Hey. Well, now I'm joined by Nate Darty. Hey, Nate. Howdy. Howdy. So you. Um, How's everybody doing? Oh. Everybody's doing great because it's episode 400. Why would they not be? <laughs> They're so happy. Yeah. Here, I like how you you answer for your audience. Now. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I wasn't doing that, you know, I'd have assumed they stopped listening a long time ago, but. I write myself a lot of fan mail. Right. It makes me feel right. real good about it. So uh, I was thinking about each of the people and, you know, like, so you and Neil are, you have argued over who is the first listener of the show. And I can't remember what you settled on. Uh, it's either you uh, or Neil. I, I think Neil's, Neil's the first listener. Uh, and I think, if I'm being honest, I think Gray was probably the second listener. I think Gray and I started just about the same time it sounds like gray uh, uh definitely your your first first three <laughs> gray has agreed to to say he wasn't uh because we oh, agreed okay. that i met gray before i met either of you well proximity there right yes yes so um but yeah let's uh so we uh rob and i met you a long time ago uh at the uh that we met at that little uh, diner. diner. Yes, the diner in Kalamazoo. That was uh, a good time. Played some games. Um, you gave us some yeah. beer, which later exploded all over Rob's carpet. One of the greatest moments yeah. of the show ever. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't because it wasn't <laughs> my carpet, so that did make it real funny and real great. Right. Or at the time, even your uh, recording equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So this was all Rob's problem. So I enjoyed it uh, very much. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing that happened. I remember how much you guys, I remember how much you guys used to complain about how hot that room got when you recorded. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was Rob's old house. Yep, yep, his upstairs window. <laughs> and so basically, we could turn the AC on, but then as soon as uh, we were ready to record, we had to turn it off. And for about five minutes, it would feel real nice. And then about an hour later, we would feel like we were dying. So it was it was pretty great. It's pretty great. All right, so I've got these four questions I'm asking all of you you early builders here uh, who worked on this project with us. Uh, and the first one is, well, it's uh, it's all about the project. It's what was it like uh, co-designing uh, Beavers Be Damned with the group? So I can never just give a straightforward answer. I always have to give context. That sounds like you. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually really enjoyed it, and it was something I had wanted to do for a while is some kind of online collaborative, you know, more than just a couple people uh, trying to design a game. And originally I can remember exactly where I was when I thought of this back in the day when you and Rob were trying to get a bit more of a, a community online together. Um, yes. You pitched, you pitched a game called Hella Umbrella, which is still one of the best titles ever. <laughs> I, um, I agree. So it was one of those where like every character would have their own deck kind of thing. And I remember you just saying something to the effect of, yeah, but you know, I don't have time to 
create all these decks and balance them and all that. And that was like one of those things. I was like, oh man, I should just tell Jason to you know put a Google Drive out there or whatever, put some files together, and just let the builders build their own, their own decks. Ah, uh, yes. Rules on balancing or whatever. Um, and so I kind of thought about that before, and I'm just really glad that we got a chance to try it out. I mean, there were about what six of us actively working on it, so it was a lot of fun to communicate in a big group and you know people took different leads on different parts and at different times and it, it was sort of a, a cool thing to see come together it was it was great to see everybody step up you know when they had the time and to fill in when people didn't and yeah it worked out really well for that i think the hard part was you know just not being in the same place with you know the same physical stuff meant that we did spend more time in miscommunication or trying to explain in words right. what would have been easy to show. You know, you're like, oh, you mean build? I thought you meant this when you meant said build, not this. You know, just right. those sorts of things that would be solved in 10 seconds if you're in the same place, but often took a day just back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And we, um, you and Neil and I did some conference calls together because once once you two kind of took over the make writing the rules, it became apparent that putting all that information constantly in the, the group chat we had going was a bad idea because uh, it made it hard for other people to keep up. Uh, whereas we could just say, hey, we're at it. We've edited the rules, Doc. Take a look and make some comments. And then people did. <laughs> that was real helpful. Right. And, and I felt, you know, if part of the time I felt bad that like I felt like maybe ne- me and Neil were steamrolling everyone. But really it worked out just somebody has to take the lead at any given time right and right we had different strengths at different times you know lynn was really great about just playing something and, and telling us what made sense and what didn't make sense and of course gray did that as well but he also um you know took over a lot of the the visual artists yes part of it which is really helpful uh and VC contributed, poor guy got sick, but he contributed uh, a lot of good ideas and stuff along the yep, way. So it yep. was, yeah, really you were the, you were the, uh, the less productive part of the party. I absolutely was. I, I, you know, my fear really going into this was, um, that, uh, I didn't want to like dominate it. Right. Like where everybody's like, well, this is just as Jason's show. So i like, what does he want? And, um, so I kind of took a step back in the beginning and then the holidays got crazy. So I ended up taking a bigger step back yeah. than I planned. And that's when you and Neil kind of stepped in and really took over. And that was helpful. It was very helpful. And then, and then I kind of jumped back in and we worked together to bring it home. And, uh, yeah, so no, it was a, I thought it was a great experience you, too. You did a management role. And honestly, when you have this many people collaborating, you need a manager, which I know you did in your previous job. So probably just fell naturally into it. I know a thing or two about that. Yeah, it was fun, though. I, I encourage people to try it out. Yeah, and it was a great time. Um, so, <clears throat> so the next question I want to ask you is, what has BTG meant to you over the last eight years? And this isn't meant to be corny. It's uh, just, you know, kind of like, what what is it? What? Yeah, I guess what's... You know what I mean. Yeah, and... You know, I've been on enough of the live shows that I've, you know, had a chance to express myself on this sort of matter before. But I was thinking about it, and 
I tend to have different hobbies over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on my good days, I would say that I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, on my bad days, maybe I'd call myself a dilettante, you know. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, eight years, because I started game design right about the time you guys started the podcast. And it's been one of the hobbies I've stuck with the longest. And a lot of that is due to having you guys, you know, having a weekly podcast to listen to. Uh, that you know usually gives me good ideas and gets me just reminding myself to think about it. Uh, but I mean, there's other weekly podcasts about games. Um, no, no offense to certain parties, but you know, Ludology. I tried it out for a while, and it just wasn't what I was looking for. And um, although I guess I should try it again because they have new host. Well, Jeff Engelstein's still there, but right, right. It was a different host back then. Um, anyway. It's just the, whatever you guys hit the groove for me, and it just helped that I got to meet you and all that. So when I was listening to you after that, I was listening to my friends talking. <laughs> um, right, right, right. But yeah, it's it's made this hobby that might have just sort of been something I lost interest in a little quicker become you know my number one primary hobby and a, a larger portion of my life. So that's been a lot of fun. Right. No, the same same goes right back to you. I mean, because of the show and because of the people like you engaging in it, that has kept me, you know, in line with this game design stuff for so long. Because there were certainly some tough times where I absolutely would have quit the show. I mean, would have quit game designing had it not been for the show. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Awesome. I mean, I, I definitely understand Rob's reasons for stepping back. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah, that could any of us could be in that spot for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so next one. This is an easy one, maybe. I don't know. It's a lighter question. What What was your favorite BTG moment or moments that you can think of? Um, I know you probably think I'm going to say exploding beer, but no, I really... feel like that wasn't really happy for you. You were probably mortified the first time you heard that live on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so my joking answer is episode 350 because finally Matt Riddle and Josh Joshua J. Mills took over. That's fair. So that was yeah. a good episode. It was a good episode. Um, it was. <laughs> uh, but really, I mean, if I can pick an episode, it was one year at Grand Con. It was back when it was still at the Renaissance Hotel. And you got it was you and Rob, me, Len, Gray, and somebody else. I can't remember who at the moment. Um, we just like pulled into a conference room and started recording and had so much fun. We each made a pitch yeah. challenge for the others, um, and it was just a great time and one of my best moments, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that uh. Those types of recordings were always fun, but yeah, back early days of Grand Con, that was uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Hanging out with everybody and just just having a good time, right? Right. And then uh, last question: what What would you like to see out of the next four hundred episodes of Building the Game? Hmm, that one's tough. I think a good balance of continuing to bring new and relevant con- uh, content because you know as you you've sort of shown you're more of an experienced person now you you have 
uh, you know, new co-hosts that have different views, and I love that. But also, I don't think it's such a bad thing necessarily to go revisit some of the old topics that you would certainly have a new perspective on, and and the other co-hosts hadn't gotten to you know talk about yet. Even just way back to when you had mechanic of the week and you talked about a simple mechanic. Um, yeah, you know, because we all know that a person who's just tuning in now isn't likely to go back. To episode one um in fact i would say start at like 150 or 200 at the earliest yeah i mean not unless they really don't like themselves so right whatever that episode was where you guys got new mics that's <laughs> <laughs> that's where you should start right um, right but you know so it, it it wouldn't hurt to just talk about one of those mechanics again or some theme you visited a while ago because you have new people and you yourself have new experiences to talk about. Yeah, and that's um, that's a good one. I've often missed that, the fact that we don't talk about that stuff as much anymore, you know, when we search for topics um, to be like, hey, what mechan- we should talk about a mechanic, right? Um, and I know that's not something we do much anymore, but no, I, I'm with you. Uh, we got kind of burned out on it, but that was years ago that we got burned out on it. So, um, right. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And it's, it, they, you know, in 2012, there were very few of us, you know, there was a small group of us that had played enough games and went, Hey, somebody had to have designed this. Why can't I do this? You know? Um, and right, now, right. It, you know, board games are so big. There's just so many more people who are looking around to do this. And so I think, Going back to that content that's sort of, I don't want to say for beginners, but, you know, for a person who's just starting out would still really be useful. It keeps you from leaving those folks behind with higher level discussions than than they're ready for yet, you know. Right, right. And we can always use a review of the basics. Yeah, all of us can. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I've loved reading this book by Isaac and Jeff so much is that it's really been... It's really some of it is very basic, but hearing someone speak about it in a technical way makes you be like, "Oh wow, I didn't think about this like this." Yeah. This is you know, we we tend to talk about it you know from our own perspective and reading it from this kind of more generalized kind of uh, like generic perspective. Uh, I mean that in a positive way can really change your thoughts on right. it. So, well, yeah, the the standardization of language and making sure we're using a shared vocabulary is is just very essential to professionalizing and consolidating an industry, as as Isaac pointed out. So, uh, making right. sure we're all using the same words in the same way helps you know, prevent misunderstanding and allows new space for new words and new ways of doing things. Right. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks a lot for, uh, for you know, not just for this game, working on this, but just for everything you've done and for the friend you've become over these years. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that very much. Yeah. Well, thank you for 400-plus episodes. It's yeah, a, right? a wonderful weekly weekly ritual for me. Yes, no, and it's crazy. But, yeah, we, uh, yeah we've made it without any breaks. So, you know. If nothing else, I'll be able to say 400 episodes, never missed a, never missed a day. <laughs> so, right, that's it is impressive that you've kept that schedule. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm most impressed about that than anything else that we managed to do that. <laughs> so, 
Uh, even if it feels more recorded in your car on the way home. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you had to make you, you had, like that's the thing with the documentary podcast. You know, you got to have content every week. We don't do seasons like some other shows do. So I mean, sometimes that means that yeah, it's going to be a little rough, but you're going to put something out there and and hope that it something you say on that is at least helpful to someone, right? Right. And and you know, audible. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that does that does help. All right. Well, hey, if anybody wants to uh, find Nate on the Twitter, I believe you are at Nate Darty. Is that correct? Correct. N-A-T-E-D-A-R-T-Y. Cool. All right. Thanks again, man. And uh, we'll talk soon. Hey there, builders. Uh, this is Jason here. Thanks again for sticking around for this long, long episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. This kind of look back and in the new project that we've put together here. I, I really hope you enjoy the game. Uh, I, you know, it will let you know as soon as you can download it, uh, as soon as it's up on PNP arcade. Uh, but I hope you're excited about it and it it would be awesome if you would do some playing of it, give us some feedback. You know, we want this to be a living project that we can continue to evolve, uh, as it moves forward. You know, this journey started back in 2012 and I, I don't think I had, it could have never just envisioned where it would end up. Uh, it's, you know, it's been this crazy journey over, over that time and, I've learned so many things uh, and I've I've had successes, I've had failures and it, it's absolutely every piece of it has been worth it. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing that I take away is that some of my absolute best friends that I have now exist only because of this podcast, that we we only have this relationship because of this podcast. And that just makes me so happy that uh, I was uh, able to be a part of this for so long and that I will continue to be a part of it for a very long time. That's my plan anyway. Uh, I, I mean it when I say there will be another 400 episodes plus. That's that's what I want to see. This this I want this documentary podcast to continue to evolve and to grow and in the direction that it'll take as it grows and evolve. I, I have no idea uh, you know, historically, I've been very bad at predicting these things, and I don't expect that part to change. So I'll just say that uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. But I want to thank so many of you for the fact that you were willing to listen to me, you know, to this point. And uh, I don't really that, uh, yeah, the privilege that you've given me of being able to to be the host of this show. So... Thank you for that. Thank you for sticking around with us for so long. I really hope that you continue to. And, uh, you know, that is, uh, that's episode 400 in the books. And uh, with that, I say good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 BGG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>